I'm Krithi Shah, and this is my podcast, Have You Thought About? I'm a writer, journalist, and poet, and I love to find out what passions people chase after in life, especially if they're blending together skills in really unusual ways. In each edition, I'm going to chat with someone I find particularly interesting and who's also managed to fit things together in their life or profession that you just might not think of as an obvious match. You're about to hear me chatting with Ruby Rout, a businesswoman who's shaking up the period wear industry. I started by asking her to explain more about her journey. Ruby, we met via a forum for entrepreneurs. I've experienced heavy periods all my life and I'm really interested in the fact that you've taken this step to make period wear that's sustainable. But first, I'd love to hear more about your journey as you've crossed continents, right? Oh my gosh, yes. That was quite a while back now. 13 years ago, moved to London, got on a plane um, to an international country for the first time. So after 13 years, I feel like in the next seven years, I'll be like half British and half Nepali, you know, like, because I've lived like half of my life on, uh, on both sides. Yeah, grew up in Nepal, came here to the UK. I think in the search of finding a job, I founded my passion and I've been a hustler since very young, you know, like even when I think when my our house in Nepal was being built, I literally told my mom that Saturdays, if I carry like bricks and things, will you pay me the same amount that you pay the laborers? And she said, yes. And then since then, like, I've been like always thinking about like, okay, find work and make money and, you know, like be ahead of everybody else. And, and came to the UK again, finding job. I found a passion, started a business. And here I am. Intrigued by how you've moved from, was it an environmental science degree or to becoming a businesswoman? I was like, when I finished my graduation, I was like, I want to be a forest ranger. Go like different forests and parks and look after it, be with wild animals. That was my dream. <laughs> but obviously, like I was living in the city, so I had to find a job, pay for all the bills and whatnot. When I first came to UK, I did pretty much everything from dishwashing to cleaning toilets to working in a restaurant, working in a pub, au pair, you name it, done it. Become a flower girl. Then I, I, then I went to decide like, okay, I got to study here. Hopefully then people will believe that I've got the same capability of every white people in, in the UK to find a job. The reality was absolutely the other way around. One year, I think I applied for pretty much every job in the world and got to the interview stage. They loved it in the selection time, got denied, quite a lot of them. Then I thought, okay, I, I gotta make a job for myself. I made myself a consultant, hey ho, why not? <laughs> and started this curriculum to talk to kids about food waste and why it's bad for the environment. And I started doing like some pilot projects here and there, like just going to school, volunteering and teaching the kids why food waste is bad for the environment. Then an opportunity came from Sainsbury's and they were investing like a million pound on like small businesses, small charities and community groups. So I set myself a community group and I applied for the funding and I got it. And I was like, wow, okay. So this kind of thing actually works. You write 600 words and then somebody believes in you and then, and you are out. My and hired another two people on a part-time and rolled out this project teaching over four or five thousand kids for a year reduced the food waste in every school by 60 percent and that was like such a confidence boost and then opened the door to like going to different schools talking about sustainable projects what other things that they can do and one thing that i stumbled upon was on menstrual product now something very close to me very close to my heart grew up in nepal huge to be around periods Nepal, India, Bangladesh, you talk about Asian country, you talk about African country, there are huge stigma around periods. I, I thought like, if I was in Nepal, I would have never done it. I think so, all of this, you know, like I was not brave enough. But because I was in a foreign country, nobody knew me. So I could go like 
rogue <laughs> in terms of talking about periods. And this, this is literally what I did. Like, you know, like, no shame, no embarrassment. I'll talk about flow, any kind of blood, any kind of clots, any time of the day. Yeah, the journey from sustainability went into talking about periods. But the main mission with WUKA, and uh, people listening, WUKA is a period pants, reusable, sustainable, can wear, wash, reuse again, um, has uh, five times less carbon footprint than tampons pads, uh, stops 200 disposable going to landfill. So great in terms of sustainability. And, and that was the core reason why I started it. But then soon I realized that I actually created a product. What I really like about hearing this, and, and I'm hoping the audience takes this away, is you've taken topics that perhaps are taboo or weren't sort of focused on before. And, you know, going back to the food waste, even now about the periods, and you've not let that stop you just because other people weren't doing it at that point in time. Where do you get that resilience from or that making sure that you're going to crash through whatever barriers there are? Over years, I've learned like you become resilient in two ways. Either you hear a lot of negativities around you and you want to prove that you are right. Or often like resilience is built by when quite a lot of people around you support you. And that motivation keeps you going up and then you, you build up. Mine was the other world. <laughs> like, mine was like, I think... You can only get so much nose. You can get a nose and nose. And then after a while, I think it just becomes like, yeah, I'm going to get it. But, you know, it doesn't stop me from trying, trying. I think had I had to spend so many money and time and everything, then I would have thought about it. But I'm, I'm taking a bite size at a time, you know, like whenever doing anything in life. And then that is something that I pretty much put onto when starting a business as well. You know, everything was like a step by step rather than being overwhelmed with what's coming or how am I going to sustain in life. So did you have like a full-on business plan or you talked about that step-by-step moment or it was just like, let's just see what happens. Really intrigued by this because for people, you know, with this podcast, it's have you thought about and have you thought about becoming a business person? And you're saying, well, actually, this is a path that, not that you necessarily stumbled upon, but it's a path of necessity. Yeah, no, I never thought I'd be doing this. Zero information on around business when I like doing that as well. Like I was like pretty much going into this unknown, but exciting. Like, okay, I found this quite intriguing. I, I've noticed that not everybody can be an entrepreneur. I think you have to have a certain kind of mindset to be an entrepreneur. Challenges should be fun. If, if challenges are fun for you, you are on a path to be an entrepreneur. If you find challenging, overwhelming, or really stressful, then definitely that is not the way, you know, like you can be comfortable doing nine to five kind of job or find something that you love to do. No business plan, nothing. Like literally, I did a few, few sessions around like businesses and things. And that was purely because at that time, my husband used to run this hackathons and I used to always get intrigued by it. And hackathons are like these like short courses where a group of people meet, they've got an idea, they want to prove it, whether that works or not. And they literally have like 48 hours to 72 hours kind of time frame. I definitely got inspired by him doing that, giving up weekends, but being super passionate about, you know, mentorship kind of thing. And one day I just turned up and I said like, I want to try one hackathon too. Um, and then he goes like, well, you need to have an idea. You need to pitch in front of people your idea. And then you need to find the team to join you and go and do that. So I went and pitched this uh, idea called Pocket Money Club, where your neighbors create a job for kids around you, and then the kids can go and do, I don't know, mowing the lawn, or, or pet sitting, you know, those kind of thing. Like, this is in front of like 60 people, never spoken before. 
and literally like my legs at that time were like shivering you know like with with adrenaline with with scare with like and there, there were like six people who wanted to join in my team and i was like okay so and it's only not you have to take that ownership and you don't have to take that decision and you you form a team so that people with different skills can come and work together with you so i think those bits and pieces along the journey of like being daring putting yourself out there you know like not being scared definitely that is one thing like things don't scare me and i think that that is something you need to have because when you're an entrepreneur you are a salesperson you are a marketing person you are dealing with customer service person like you have to be everything but do you know you have to be everything or have you just sort of encompassed everything as you've gone on that journey like how much of this is actually planned <laughs> none actually none is planned uh, the world throws things at you you just accept it learn it move on hopefully it'll be, it'll be easier if i ever started the next business but it is definitely is a hard journey you know like it's don't think that oh you've got a great idea and it'll flourish kind of thing you have to put the number of hours in it it's all about like how much you invest, that's what you're going to get return on investment. Along the journey, make, made so many mistakes, you know, and still making mistakes, literally, honestly. <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy. Like, I think my first mistake was, like, design the packaging that was supposed to fit through the letterbox to reduce the cost of shipping, but also, like, people don't miss the delivery. Made 5,000 of it. When it came to proofing, I didn't check that the height had been changed. So I got all parcel boxes. That means the cost of shipping was increasing people would miss their parcel and had to go and pick it up and that 5,000 boxes stayed in my warehouse for three years I could not shift it did you ever shift it I did at the end so we, we, we did keep it I didn't throw it away or not use it kind of way we did use it so let's focus on Wooka and that's period where tell me more about how that idea actually came about and how you've expanded because Wooka's quite well known now. Like, what does yes, Wooka actually yeah. mean? Why have you got that name? So Wooka stands for Wake Up Kick-Ass. Genuinely went to Pinterest and I was like, oh, what are the inspiration quotes? And then just typed it in. And there were like loads of picture frames that said like, Wake Up Kick-Ass Repeat. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Then we started talking about periods quite a lot often. And then every time we, when you say periods, right? Or, if, I mean, in Nepal, if you, when you type periods in Nepal, everything comes around like taboos and physical pain you type periods and and they still like a uh, picture from shutterstock is like somebody holding their stomach or lying in bed you know it's all about that the dark side but women have not stopped doing things that they can they, they they have to do and they can do just because they're on the periods and so the, the idea is like why should period have a negative connotation you know every woman should wake up kick ass and that's where we went and um, when we went to Wuka, rather than Wake Up Kikas, long form to type on the website. So let's take the abbreviation. And most of the big brands have got like four letter words, you know, like like Puma, uh, Nike, who else is there? Filler. Everybody has got four letters. So I, I like that. that. I was going to say, have part. you thought about is Haita, <laughs> H-Y-T-A, so <laughs> that four letter thing. Yeah. So I love the fact that you brought that as well. Um, and Wuka, yes, yeah, so a Wake Up Kikas. I'm I'm loving that. I've not actually heard about that before. So this is awesome. You got the intention. And how do we go to getting the period pants, etc. sorted out? And, and it's not just pants, though, is it? Like you have other things. Swimwear? We do. Yes, we do swimwear. We have sports um, 
section where you can get leggings, period leggings, uh, running shorts. Yeah, so we went more into like this uh, sports kind of area as well. Found out that one, like 50% of the girls give up on sports um, once they start the period. So why are they doing this, right? So the confidence around like the period product working is like one of them. You've gone beyond the taboo. A lot of companies now are investing in that area, but you have been there since quite early on. So I'm intrigued in spot that gap in the market and deciding to push with it even though as you say it is to, it was taboo in, in some cases it still remains a little bit taboo to be perfectly frank with you to talk about menstruation so the whole idea of the period pants came after i went to one of the school talked about reusable menstrual products so growing up i i wore my mom's sari rag and what she did was like her old sari a cotton one especially um cut it into small pieces and then you fold it um, and you put it in between your underwear and that was my menstrual product. Super sustainable, but absolutely uncomfortable. Because I wore, like growing up, I wore a one size underwear. You know, like my mom, my my sister, everybody used to wear the same size underwear. So there has been quite a lot of incident where you do sports um, on a hot day and you're wearing an underwear and a pad. And there used to be moments where the pad used to literally fall down. Mm. And one girl's mishappens of these kind of moment literally put stuff every girl's from coming to school when they're on the period. So then I started like pinning the pad, you know, like maybe wearing a multi-layer underwear or wearing a slack shorts underneath. So trying to make sure that those kind of thing doesn't happen and you're constantly improving. So when I came here to UK, started te teaching girls about reusable menstrual product. They wear some reusable pads, menstrual cups, but pretty much that, but that was the limitation. You know, there was no period pants per se at that time. So and all of the menstrual cup, obviously for young girls to look at it, it's like quite big at opening. And they were like, okay, tampons itself is so hard and they're like quite thin and slender to use, let alone the cup. And then there are these like Etsy made, like homemade kind of pads, which actually doesn't look very desirable compared to when you are putting a shiny box of tampons and pads next to it. So went home and I was like, literally had this Eureka moment, like, in, you know, the, then I went to my husband, I was like, you know, like how I used to say, like, I used to pin the pad. I want to stitch the reusable pad in the pants and see how it works. And got a secondhand sewing machine. That was my first 60 pound investment that I ever did. Bought it home, put on a YouTube um, and started sewing. Like, I didn't even know how to thread a sewing machine, let alone like how to sew. But put the YouTube on, learn how to do everything. Then cut my two old pants on the side. So that almost becomes like a pattern where where you can then I wedged a t-shirt cloth inside it and restitched the whole thing and wore that for my period for three months I made around three pair of at that time and that literally every time I used to have my period I used to wear the underwear and feel like I haven't worn anything in between my leg today and I'm absolutely fine you know on heavy days obviously because I didn't have liquid flares so it was bleeding through but it was this revelation of like that comfort. Like you just wear an underwear and forget about anything else. You know, it's so easy that a nine-year-old who just started the period, you can literally give her underwear and say like, just wear like an underwear. You come home once you have a period and then we'll have a chat. You know, it's, it's like that. I think ease of use was like the biggest thing because I did the lean startup machine. There are people with ideas everywhere. I've got hundred ideas. Until unless you validate it, it's pretty much worthless. So then I thought like, okay, is it just me who is finding this? 
like revelation because in the UK I haven't seen anything. So I went to Facebook, pretended to be a research student and put out a survey saying like, hey, doing this study on period product and I just wanted to find out like if people are happy with their current menstrual product. 24 hours later, I had 700 responses, people filling out the form, writing like almost like an essay of like how they struggle with their periods and most of them ran they were from some from like the running groups kind of thing and they often suffered from chafing irritation over 70 percent people were just moaning about a current menstrual product because the choices have never been presented to them you know decades and decades you've been just selling pads and tampons and in the name of innovation all they did was what strings and rings and pretty much that's it right so i thought okay this is quite shocking but also like a really good fact like gives me a like a fuel to actually okay go and make it now i know people have got a problem i've got the solution prototype version which leaks which is quite uncomfortable for me to wear because i've like size squeezed the size down you know and i'm wearing this tight underwear but i was lucky enough like my husband is in um, design um, background so he did hardware software design so i just took the my used underwear and i said like can you make this a little, little, look a little bit nicer and look a little, little bit comfortable? And and I don't know what to do with the fabrics as well. So, okay, then he started sketching out and we, we created this nice, beautiful design. And I started researching fabrics um, and found out this fabric manufacturer here in the UK that did an absorbent fabric that was used in undersea cabling. Oh, wow. Because when you are doing undersea cabling, you wrap it up with a fabric that absorbs any kind of leak so if there is any short circuit that becomes almost like a barrier so i said like oh can you send me like a meter of that fabric and then they go like oh no you you need to buy five kilometer at it and i was like but you must have like end cuts or something i literally just need like a tiny piece like to to see it work so so I managed to get like small swatches from them and then i think the hard part was like finding the manufacturer like just to even make like 10 15 pieces and pull this manufacturer in Pontypridd. They were the last standing laundry manufacturer in the UK, actually, and they shut down like just pre-COVID. Called every day. Hey, look, I'm, I'm thinking of like making like 20 pair of underwear. I know like you must be busy, but could you please slot me in? And then they go like, yeah, we've got some availability after two months. I'm waiting for that day, right? So two months, grabbed my like two meters of fabric, the little small uh, pieces of that goes in the gusset kind of way, and then went to factory and they're like just the room full of women you know like and then i turn up with this underwear that i've been wearing and they go like you want to make that <laughs> like that to me that looks horrible that's like my grandmother's underwear they go like that to me and i said like but it's for period you're you're supposed to like feel comfortable about it i was like okay and i mean the whole they, they had a huge laugh around it like the way that i took my underwear but at the end of the two days they made me 20 underwears uh, went to Facebook and said, like, I've got a prototype now. Who would like to give it a try? And literally next day, I had like 15 women lined up. So everybody got a pair each. We we did the size testing. Obviously, it went off the charts. Everybody says, like, I'm Excel, but I don't like the underwear doesn't fit. And then it's like, oh, my God. So that was a learning as well. You know, like, you always have to do a size testing before you do any kind of <laughs> productions. And after a month, I just got raving comments from everyone saying like, like they're so comfortable. I'm van driving a whole day and I didn't have to like worry about changing. So comfortable, so easy to use. 
it was just like oh, mind blowing. Like it's just yeah, it's just like I think I, I got really lucky that every point of validation was like to the direction that I wanted to go. Things could have gone wrong at any time, you know. Like and then November twenty seventeen went to Kickstarter, filmed a video telling the story. This is what happened. This is what I'm doing. And if you like to buy some underwear, pre-order it. And went live. Then we we got fully funded in like three weeks, seven thousand pounds. That's all I wanted, and that's all I got, and that's all kicked off this whole thing. Tell me more about what makes you stand out. So they are sustainable. They are reusable, and they have got, on average, five times less carbon footprint than tampons and pads. And what happens, like it's 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 the uses of the cycle. I think so. Um, so once you buy four or five pair of pants, pretty much that will last you for over two years of your period. So ease of use, convenient, cost saving, and once the underwear gets like falls apart, just put it in like your fabric recycling and then get recycled into another fabric. And and I think there's there's this circular uh, circularity around that as well. And and I think that's where we want to head towards. Like, could we implement something like that within our uh, within our flow of the business? Um, at the moment. The people have to just recycle themselves. But yeah, it's one one underwear replaces 200 disposable tampons and pads going to landfill. You know, like if you're talking about people around, use around 11,000 tampons and pads in their lifetime. If you wear period pants, you are wearing 129 pairs. 11,000 versus 129 pairs. So That is a big difference, actually, in terms of numbers. So we've got someone who clearly has a lot of drive a lot of passion will break the barriers doesn't matter if things are taboo or people aren't talking about them it feels like you're like well if i see there's a gap and i see there's a need i'm i'm going for it where else do you see a zeitgeist you see you've gone into food waste you've looked at periods where else are you casting your eyes this is just the beginning and we are literally scratching the surface of this whole then comes the reusability in like nappies i mean the nappy industry is huge reusability in incontinence you know like that's another huge like to sustain in a world and to leave the, the world for our next generation, we have to act upon now. And do you have any downtime? I do have downtime. I cry. <laughs> That's a good way to take it out. <laughs> I have many doubts. Like I was like, I can't do this anymore kind of moment. Um, I've got dogs. I walk them. I vent. I vent with everyone that I know, my husband and me, we work together. So we literally have moments like, okay, this is your week to vent, that next week is mine. <laughs> the wonderful Ruby Rout of Wooka, who brings together menstruation, sustainability, and more. Do you have an interdisciplinary life? I'd love to hear from you. And perhaps we can chat on this podcast that goes with my newsletter, which is called Have You Thought About? It can be found via www.trutyshard.com. Please join me next time for a fun conversation with another guest who likes to shake up different elements of their life. Thank you to Rian Shah for the music for this podcast.